Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Curry dribbles. Still trying to create a shot. Finds Poole. The Draymond, back to Curry, takes a three right wing, got it! Golden State back on top by one. Two men jumping at him, Tim, and he still drilled it. How hard did he work to get that shot off? My goodness. They were patient. And the Warriors were patient, they were working hard, the competitive juices were there in this finals rematch part two from Boston at TD Garden. We welcome you in to Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7. The game back in the Bay Area. John Dickinson with you, and this is a tough one. No other way around it. Celtics come back after the Warriors led for the entire second half. Steph Curry with the buzzer beater from beyond half court at the first half horn. That put the Warriors up by one going into the intermission, and the Warriors did not trail the entire second half, but Jalen Brown able to knock down a game-tying three in the final seconds of regulation. Appeared as if Jordan Poole lost Brown. Andrew Wiggins on the the video, watching it over and over here, getting ready for the show, pointing it at Poole to get to the man that you're supposed to be defending, which was Jalen Brown. They give up essentially a wide-open look, and the game winds up going into overtime where the Warriors get outscored by the Celtics 15-12, to and they lose it 121-118. to So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570 as the Warriors. It's really twofold tonight, and, and, and I want to hear from you because on the one hand, you look at this game, and, and we'll get into a lot of the different details, but it shows something that I, I think we already did know, and that is the fact that the Warriors still can compete with the best in the game and, and compete at a at a championship caliber level with, with some of the, the best teams in the league. Again, I don't think that's something that, that, that we didn't already understand and, and comprehend and, and believe about this team, and they were able to do that, and at times they made the Celtics look bad. I mean, it was for a good chunk of this game, really three, even three and a half quarters, it was an extension of the six-game NBA final series in terms of the Warriors able to have the Celtics frustrated. They had Jason Tatum frustrated. They had Jalen Brown, you know, shooting a low percentage. The Celtics for the game wind up 13 of 41 for three. They, they shot under 40%. Both teams basically right at 40% uh, on the nose. Uh, but the Celtics were able to hang in the game in part to the, the offensive glass and second chance points. The Celtics hit the Warriors with 18 offensive rebounds in the game. You look up uh, at the end of this one, and the Celtics end up uh, with – 63 boards for the game and it's just uh it's incredible when you look at at the Warriors in this one uh you know able to to build the lead and look at times as if they were going to hold it but but down the stretch the Celtics able to come back really the final six minutes of the game 
uh, Boston outscoring the Warriors uh, as Curry checked back in with about eight minutes to go, and the Warriors were, were up by eight. Uh, at Six at that point then went up by eight, and then the Celtics really turned it on over the last seven minutes to, to wind up forcing overtime. And, and the question I have for, for everybody tonight really is, you know, does tonight show you that, that this team is still contenders or does it more show you that there's still a long way to go to get through this regular season and, and get to a position to where they qualify for the playoffs, frankly, and avoid the play-in tournament and, and are able to, you know, create a path by which they can make a run come April and, and come May and come June. Because at some point, again, you know, the regular season games still have to be won and still have to matter to allow the playoff championship blood, you know, cream rises to the top, all of that stuff. You know, Warriors having an, an edge on some of these teams because of their core players that have that have been through it all and, and, and won NBA championships. So uh, you know, th- that's the question I wanted to throw out there just right off the top of the show at 888-957-9570. You know, do, are you feeling better about the Warriors still being contenders or are you feeling, and I go back and forth on this, more like, okay, this team now is 22 and 23, a game under 500. They played Steph Curry in this game 43 minutes. Jordan Poole played 43 minutes. Andrew Wiggins played 40 minutes. Klay Thompson played 36. Draymond Green played 37. Kerr played eight players in this one. And now the Warriors take an L in a game that they led for the entire second half and now go to Cleveland second of a back-to-back against another top team in the Eastern Conference this season. And they're probably going to have to play that game shorthanded and, and I think even consider maybe having to rest some of the regulars more than just Clay Thompson because they extended so much energy to try and win and go for this game tonight. And then you wind up, if you can't get that one, now back to 22-24. and 24. And at 22-24, and 24, you would have a 2-3 and three road trip. You'd still be struggling on the road. But if you can't find out some way to get tomorrow night shorthanded, now all of a sudden you're trying to climb back up the, the hamster wheel again and, and get off of it uh, to, a, to, to make some kind of a run here in the, in the regular season. So uh, a lot to get into, uh, 888-957-9570 uh, as the Warriors lose to the Celtics here, 121 to, to 118. Steph Curry, uh, flat out, not good down, down the stretch uh, in, in this game. For the, for the Warriors, mentioned that eight minutes or so when he was able to, to check back into the game. A couple of really bad turnovers. Uh, one of seven for, for Curry down the stretch. And it just, yeah, just not a good finish for Curry. I thought Jordan Poole played maybe one of the best defensive games that Jordan Poole has played in memory. But at the same time, Jordan Poole winds up allowing Jalen Brown to get a wide-open game-tying three attempt when the one thing you can't do up three in the closing seconds is allow a wide-open game-tying three attempt. So that uh, kind of gets washed away uh, a little bit for the for the Warriors in this one. Uh, Clay Thompson ends up fouling out. It, it was championship Clay, I thought, for, for a good chunk uh, of this game. And, look, the Warriors showed that they had that championship medal about them in this one, but... They also showed that as well as they had played for good chunks of this game, the, the offensive rebounds and, and the, the youth and competitive spirit of the Celtics, they were still able to hang around to a point where, and we've seen this a lot against lesser opponents even for the Warriors this season, where a couple of plays, they just, a couple of plays don't go their way or they make a couple of critical mistakes and all of a sudden they find themselves tied or behind and in big trouble and having to recover with an answer and when the Warriors have been put in those positions where they've had to find those answers late in games, good teams, bad teams, whatever it's been, this team just has not been as clutch. They, they have not executed down the stretch offensively and defensively at, at the level that, that you have to uh, 
to, to be able to win enough of these games to where we could be talking about the Warriors being in great shape uh, at this point in a wide open and I would say mediocre Western Conference. So uh, let's get to the phones. Let's start with Armand in San Jose. Armand gets us started uh, at 888-957-9570. You're on with J.D. here tonight on 95.7 The Game. Hey, what's up, J.D.? Um, you know what? I think I'm coming to the conclusion, hopefully I'm not saying it too soon, but uh, this just might not be our year, man. Like, the things you pointed out, we don't have that magic. There were times where we would get the key rebound. Like, even last year, like, we got off to that great start and we had a lull in the second half. But by them getting off to that great start, they established themselves. So I always had confidence that they can get it back. This reminds me of the play-in year where we were struggling to be a 500 team and then we got hot the last 20 games of the season to get into the play-in. Only sad part about it is that we had excuses. There were injuries to Clay Thompson, a lot of young guys, G League players and so on. It's pretty much the Steph Curry show. We've got our six core guys from the championship last year. Injuries can't be used as that much of an excuse because even before Steph and Wiggs got hurt, we were playing like this. Um, I don't know what it is. We can talk about the punch or not, but to me, this season seems like we're very disconnected, even with the message. What Do we play the young guys and how much rope do we give them? Uh, what do we do with them? There's like – there's no consistency to anything, in my opinion, decision-making, what we do on the court, you know, do we make a trade? I mean, it's just like everything is all over the place. They can't close out teams on the road regardless of how good, bad, or mediocre they are. Um, I just think this is a situation where uh, if they can't find something soon, we really can't talk about a championship. We're a little past the halfway mark. Um, you got to start winning these games on the road. This is a game they should have won. And Steph Curry, I got to say this, JD, what do you think about this? I'm kind of tired of seeing Steph Curry play with the ball behind the three point line when a two pointer will win the game. It's a tied game. Get the last shot or go to overtime. You don't need the three to win. He played with Al Horford. You let that guy get comfortable, and then you had the help come over, and you took an awkward step back three. There was no need for that. I mean, it's like there's nothing wrong with taking a step back midi, that floater. He's got a nice layup package. And if the two isn't there, he's got the skill to get a step back three. But to me, it's just poor decision-making. He did the same thing in Charlotte. He did the same thing in Dallas when they were down one, and he could have went to the rim and scored a layup to put him up one. It's just falling in love with that damn three-point shot is getting on my nerves when it's not necessary. So I don't know what you think about that, but, I mean, that's pretty much what I got. Armand, great call. 888-957-9570. Great call to get us tipped off here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. And, look, Steph has addressed this a couple of times because it's not the first time he's gone for the three in that situation. There have been two instances this year that I can remember off the top of my head where Steph said he basically played hero ball in, in that situation. I wonder, and I think sometimes part of taking the three there is the is the fatigue factor is you're worn out from a, a playoff game basically in January down the stretch. You know there's no way that you can lose the game, and it just takes a lot of extra energy to where maybe you're not as confident that you can get by somebody without maybe making a mistake or, or turning it over in that type of situation, even though you have the, the matchup advantage. The flip side to that, though, would also be it's Steph Curry going up against a big. When do you not feel like he can – create enough space and and stripe a three-pointer in, in a big moment uh, you know but for whatever reason this year there have been a couple of those where the game has been tied and it's wound up being the three-pointer uh, essentially for the win and it hasn't gone Steph or, or the Warriors way uh, in in those particular situations as far as the, the connectivity and, and and all of that I mean that that is why tonight is such a conundrum because the Warriors on one hand show, hey, they're still in the mix as far as can compete with anybody. But on the other hand, they take another loss that, that sets up tomorrow to be even more difficult now, given the fact that they went so hard for the game tonight. And now you're potentially two games under 500 again. And, and for every loss you take that puts you under 500, that's two more games you got to win 
to make up for that. That's two more games where you got to play with almost tonight's level of intensity and focus and attention to detail between now and April to get. And that's the other part of this thing is this is not just the flip the switch Warriors anymore. This is a Warriors team that has to work extremely hard every single night to beat anybody. Tonight was another level, uh, but we saw it on the homestand against Memphis and Charlotte and Portland and Utah. All of those games the Warriors were were able to win. Uh, it, it was it, all of those games they were able to win is were were they, they they took a toll and tonight takes a toll, and so that that I think is something that cannot go uh, you know unnoticed here as the Warriors lose in, in that one. Uh, let's go to JP. JP, you're in the Yoon. What's going on, JP? Hey, JD. JP from the Yoon. Uh, here's the thing. My, my take on this, it's, it's defense. Defense takes a mindset, it's a mentality, and it's an execution. And the heartbeat of the Warriors is obviously Draymond. And if the heart does not beat correctly, the body does not move. And I highly believe we have the talent, we have the skills, but what Draymond was so good at is he held the team accountable on the floor. He was able to get into people's faces and tell them, hey, you're not doing this play right. You need to set this up better. Draymond does not have that anymore. It neutralizes his ability. It neutralizes his passion. He still has the skills, but when he's not able to talk to the players that he was able to do before last year, no one's going to listen to him. And I think that's where the disconnect was. Kerr was using him kind of as that shield to get through the players, but now she's lost that respect, obviously, with you know the whole thing that happened in the beginning of the season. But I really think that that has impacted the defense this year. Yeah, well, Draymond agrees with you, and thanks for the call, JP. Uh, JP's line open for you, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. Draymond agrees with you because he addressed that on his own podcast, and I think that's probably what JP was was referring to. We played it during Warriors Live before the ball game, and, and it was basically Draymond saying exactly that, that, that he, you know, because of what happened with Jordan Poole, his voice in the Warriors locker room had changed, and, and he wasn't totally himself as far as holding the team accountable on the floor in the same kind of way that he had been holding them accountable on the floor before. And I think, you know, that's something where, you know, he acknowledged it and and accepted it and, and said, hey, th- this is on me. And, you know, let, let's go ahead and play that cut here here real quick. We'll let, this was Draymond, his own podcast, and Jamal Crawford was was joining him, and, and he talked about having to be held accountable for, for some of the, the Warriors' issues this season. I think a lot of our um... – shortcomings this year is my fault. Why is it my fault? Because I have not been the leader that I am and that I need to be for this team. And the reason that I have not been that leader is also my fault, right? Like, I think we all know what happened with your young Wolverine brother, um, JP. And so for me, I've kind of had to walk a fine line of not really being Draymond. And when I'm not really being myself, that's not the best thing for this team. And so where where we've struggled is accountability. And, and accountability on the defensive end, accountability on the offensive end. You know the accountability that it takes to have a winning team. And that's my role on this team. And I fell short in that area. So, yeah, Draymond acknowledging that. The, the question, though, now becomes, okay, you, you've, you've said that. You've apologized to, to the team. I mean, this was months ago now, three months ago, when, when all of this went down. But is there a point where Draymond just, you know, unabashed, just, just decides that, that he's going to start being the same, you know, voice that, that he was before, or has that ship sailed, so to speak? And is it is it something that, that he isn't capable of doing anymore, and if and if he if he isn't capable of at some point deciding that he's going to be that voice and try to lead in the same way he's been used to leading, then the whole thing's a wrap. To be perfectly honest, and I think Draymond in that answer acknowledges the fact that he even knows the whole thing's a wrap at that point. Uh, if he can't, you know, be the the same type of player that he's been, it would also help 
Uh, if and, and Draymond, you know, Draymond got beat on a three in overtime, coming and helping on the drive. Uh, I think it was Jalen Brown with about two minutes to go. The Warriors were, were down one, and he comes and helps on the drive, and Al Horford in the corner, uh, and th- he was able to kick it out to Horford. Horford buried the three as Draymond was, was running to close out, couldn't get there in time, and, and that's obviously a, a three that, that Al Horford's really, you know, in a lot of ways, that saved his career, his ability to, to knock down that three consistently. It allows him to play against the Warriors uh, down the stretch in, in, in some of these games. So so Draymond's got to be you know, a leader, but Draymond's also got to make sure that he's more consistently making the right play than, than he has been uh, at, at certain times. And, and, yeah, there were defensive breakdowns. The Celtics also, I thought, played a little tight. It was weird. I thought the Celtics – were wound up at the beginning. The Warriors, to me, from the jump, you could tell this was a game the Warriors wanted. Flat out, this was a game the Warriors had had, had said, this we want to win tonight. They had put a little extra on it. I think Chris Haynes of TNT on the, on the broadcast for the television side of things said, hey, this is a game the Warriors have circled. Steve Kerr said, hey, we're going to play eight. Steve Kerr made a lineup change and went with the small ball lineup, Jordan Poole in, Kavon Looney to the bench. I mean, we've seen Steve Kerr essentially only do that in playoff series and final series in the past. So it was almost as if Steve Kerr was was noting to the team, it's go time. They're very comfortable at playing in Boston. I think they love the environment. I think the environment, we're talking about motivation a lot on Warriors Live and, you know, just being in that environment and uh, you know, covering games that have been played, the finals games that were played in Boston last year. I, I mean, it's it's a it is a first class environment. Like you cannot you cannot not be juiced to want to play and and want to silence that crowd. And I think that's where you see Steph raise his game to to the level that we saw him at for three quarters and the level we saw him at in the finals. Like the Warriors were were into this one. Uh, I thought the Celtics were a little too wound up at the beginning, and then I think as the Warriors were having a lot of the same success they were having against the Celtics as they did in the finals last year, the Celtics started to play a little tight. But again, the Warriors still find themselves where even if they're up six or eight with about half a quarter to go, it just doesn't feel as much like it's a lock to the extent that it has been in the past. And the door is always a little bit open. Couple of missed shots, couple of turnovers. Mentioned Curry down the stretch, not good. Poor defensively, uh, couldn't hit a shot. Couple of really bad turnovers that that allowed the Celtics to to get life. And then you give up the the three. Uh, you know, some tough moments for Jordan Poole in a game where he otherwise played exceptionally well. Going back into the starting lineup down the stretch there. So the Warriors still have to be able to. Uh, to overcome that. All right, before we get to another call, let's uh, let's get to uh, our ID here at the top of the hour. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM in HD1 San Francisco. Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app. All right, John Dickinson back with you here. 888-957-9570. It's Warriors Wrap-Up. Celtics hand the Warriors another tough defeat on the road, 121 to 118, the final in this one. 24 17 Celtics in the fourth quarter, 15 12 Celtics in the overtime. Warriors had an eight point lead at right around the midway point of the fourth. Celtics able to force OT, uh, and the Warriors find themselves now losing again here, dipping to two and two on the trip with back to back in Cleveland tomorrow. And the Warriors now 5-18 and 18 on the road this season. City Boy in San Francisco is next. What's going on tonight, City? Hey, what's up, J.D.? Nice to talk to you. Um, yeah, you know, I, other than winning the game, this was everything I wanted to see tonight. Um, you know, the band is kind of back together right now. I, I you know, Kuminga and Wiseman being out isn't really a huge deal to me. Uh, they'll be back. But this is these are the guys that are going to go for it in the offs. Um, they're going to gel, and you can see they flipped the switch tonight, and they played very well other than, you know, like you said, Curry and Poole got cold down the stretch. That hurt them, probably allowed Boston to come back and tie the game, or definitely allowed Boston to come back and tie the game. But it was a really good effort. I mean, Boston was shooting like 40%, and 
you know, we can talk about them playing tight at home. I mean, that's whatever. I mean, you know, defense plays a part in that too. And and I don't know what they shot for the game, but uh, it was at like under 40% late in the fourth quarter because they brought it up during the telecast. So anyway, this is what I wanted to see. Really great defense, good effort, and all the guys are healthy and they're going to gel, man. They're going to go on a run. I think we see them go take, you know, 15 out of 20, maybe not starting today, but it, it's coming. All right, City Boy, thanks for the call. I mean, that that is the positive of, of tonight is the fact that, that you can make that case, hey, even in losing this game, you can't say that the Warriors don't have an ability to make a run come, come playoff time. I still maintain they're going to have to make a run in the regular season to be able to at least put themselves in a position where they're you know, out of the play-in tournament to be able to make that run. Uh, and, and, look, I was talking to our guy Steiny. Uh, Matt Steinmetz, during the game, we go back and forth a lot. We're going to have a, a Warriors weekly podcast. It's going to drop tomorrow. And, 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 look, I'm coming around as somebody that, that still says they need to see that 10-2, and 15-5, whatever it is at some point for the Warriors down the stretch here. I, I'm also looking at the rest of the Western Conference even more than I was a couple of weeks ago. And looking at it top to bottom and going, man, other than Memphis and, and Denver, it is a whole lot of mediocre. And there are a few teams that are, I think, taking advantage of that uh, to this point. I think you know Sacramento's a team that, that I've mentioned a few times that's, I think, taken advantage of the mediocre. Like, they've been able to kind of pad their record a little bit, and they're playing well, and they're you know, one of a handful of teams that gives a damn about the regular season every night. So hat tip to them. Like, they're earning what they've got here. But I also start looking around and thinking, you know, there could be some weirdly flip-flopped matchups, you know, with some teams getting knocked out in the play-in tournament that you would expect to be firmly in the top six that don't quite make it because they didn't value the regular season over maybe another team like a Sacramento, uh, you know, who winds up getting into that first round. But then they end up playing somebody like maybe the Clippers or the Warriors or something, and the seating is flipped, and you're thinking, well, wait a minute. The Warriors are the Warriors are the you know the favorite in this series. Like they're they're going to win this series. Like how is this a three six or how is this a four five with you know maybe the Warriors or the Clippers or or the Suns if they can get healthy as the underdog team in terms of of terms of seeding. So I'm I'm not writing off the fact that that the Warriors can win multiple rounds when you look at the Western Conference. And I I guess what, the one concern that I would have is just the simple fact that at some point, if you don't win enough, when you play well, when you compete hard, at some point, either the injuries come and you're, because you're just not as talented as far as who's active for you on a given night, because those injuries come, then then you just can't win enough to get in or win enough to be whole to where you can make that run. Like, I'm I'm more concerned at this point for the Warriors about the regular season and where that leaves them for the playoffs than I am about the actual playoffs and the ability to compete. I know the Warriors, if they're whole, will give a first-class freaking effort in the playoffs. Like, I don't think anybody is doubting that in any way, shape, or form. I just think that the regular season, if they can't get their act together and start winning some of these games, you know, they're going to be in the final two weeks fighting to try to get a seven seed, you know, or fighting to try and get a home game in the play-in, you know, and and that's a position that that frankly you just you just don't want to be in, and I and I think kind of wastes at that point your ability to make a big run. You can win games and win series, but are you going to win four series as the eight seed? Like that's not going to happen. Like so, and and again, it's right there for the taking, but they got to go out and do it. And tonight's one of those nights that I. Maybe I shouldn't look at it this way. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But I view tonight almost as two losses because you don't win tonight and you're probably not going to win tomorrow night because you didn't win tonight and you went so hard. And now you're two games under and you got to work even harder to come back and overcome that to get your record back to a point where you're where you're in the mix. So I, I'm just I'm I'm grappling with all of that uh, tonight here on Warriors wrap up. All right, we'll keep it moving on the phone lines. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go to Mike in San Francisco next here. What's going on tonight, Mike? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, just uh, complete bitterness here. Uh, you had a lead. You were the better team. You outplayed Boston, and then once again, as we've seen on the road, continuously. You can't put the put the game away and just yeah your own self inflicted mistakes there cost you there even overtime you had chances to put Boston you had them on the ropes and you could put the game away that's been the Warriors M O all year on the road we know how great they are they are at home they I can put, circle them in for a win to beat anybody at home but on the road it's just I've never seen a stark difference they're not a rebuilding team they're not a young team which you can excuse they're a championship laden team and to to be as the worst team in the league on the road is is inexcusable. And as great as the effort was tonight, and it was there, typically they get blown out and against elite teams like Boston on the road. They had them right there. They just the same same continuous mo. Um, I just I don't know if they're ever going to put it together. If, if you're this bad on the road at this point in the season, I don't know if you can put it together. I expect them to make the playoffs, but like as you mentioned, the other point is from a bottom probably seed because I don't think they're going to have home court this year because of the gap they have to make up just to get in the top four or five. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be done with this, because they're not as good as last year. Defensively, all the metrics you see, they're not as good as the team last year. So I just I don't know what to make of this team, because at home they're so they're so elite, even though they had those last three losses. But on the road, uh, I just don't know. Do you ever see them getting it to get, get right on the road? We can't keep making excuses for this team. Uh, they're, they're just bored. They're not. They're trying their asses off. They just can't beat anybody on the road. What do you make of this? And it was, well, can they get it turned away from or uh, from Chase Center? I think they can, but the way that they do it is they have to play with the level of intensity that they played with tonight against bad teams on the road, and they don't. Like, just flat out. I mean, you look at the last two games against Washington and Chicago, and it tells the story. If you put a finals-level effort against Washington and Chicago, you win both of those games. And you're coming in at 3-0 and on the road trip as opposed to 2-1, and and then you take your chances tonight, and if, you, and if you don't win tonight, you don't win tonight. A lot of it has been motivation, frankly. A lot of it has been. I mean, that's how you lose it. That's how you lose to Detroit. That's how you lose to Orlando. And I'm going back to the first losses on the road. The home games, the Warriors lost the home games to those teams because they were woefully shorthanded. Like, the home losses to the bad teams are actually, in this instance, Ordinarily, I wouldn't say this, but this season it's absolutely true. The home losses are much more acceptable given the fact that you were without Curry and you were without Wiggins. And, you know, the, that, the, the Phoenix home loss, I think, was probably the worst one because you got Curry back and you got, and you got Wiggins back. I mean, that to me is, is wholly unacceptable to, to lose that game. But, but the games where you have everybody except DiVincenzo – at the beginning of the year when you shouldn't be tired and you lose in Detroit, you lose in Charlotte, you lose in Orlando, 
Like, those are the games that are crushing you right now. You you win those three games, you don't give up a four-point lead in the final 13 seconds at Utah when you play one of your better games of the of the season. And, you know, you, you win three of those games, and all of a sudden we're talking about a team that's that's what? Three, five games over 500? If they were three to five games over 500, they might, I mean, they'd be third in the West at this point, or basic, basically a game away from being third in the West at that point. I mean, there there would be... No problems if this team had a handful of wins, you know, more than they do. But the problem is they keep having to work hard to try and make up for all of those early L's, and they keep getting roadblocked along the way uh, by by a couple of gut punches, and, and tonight's the, the, the latest one. So the big takeaway tonight is, and look, it already, because of the schedule and the health and the back-to-backs and everything else, you know, tomorrow – who knows who's going to play tomorrow? We know Clay Thompson's probably not playing tomorrow. It, you know, is Steph Curry playing tomorrow? Is Draymond playing tomorrow? Is Wiggins playing tomorrow? You know, after all these guys are playing forty minutes, you know, in, in the game tonight, you know, so so again, this loss may wind up being two. All right, let's go to Jerry at eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. Hey, Jerry. You know, it was a tough game, but it was it was fun to watch. I think um, the starting five, you know. Here or there, they made some bad decisions, but you can't ask for anything more in the box score. Now, the bench the bench had nothing. So the Warriors are playing with a limited bench. You know, they're, they're relying on Lamb and Ty Jerome to a certain amount, and it's like they're, they're counting the games that they can use them for. I think they need to trade Jermichael Green so that they can give Lamb – and Jerome, the two final roster spots, and just let them play wherever. It's it's just it's just too hard for them to play with the limited bench they have, and then have to like monitor which games they're going to play these guys, and because no no reinforcements are coming. This is it. So I I think those guys should be able to play whenever they need. Thanks. Appreciate it. I, I think. Like Ty Jerome, I'll use him as an example for tonight. Ty Jerome was inactive tonight. You don't need Ty Jerome as your fifth guard if you have Curry and Clay and Jordan Poole and DiVincenzo. So tonight's an easy one to, to deactivate him. Anthony Lamb's in the rotation. I know a lot of people, it drives them nuts. And, and you know, why is Anthony Lamb playing over Kamingo? Why is Anthony Lamb playing over Moody? A- Anthony Lamb is a more trusted player. He's not a perfect player, but he is a more trusted player by Steve Kerr than frankly any of the rookies with the exception of Kaminga when Kaminga defends at the level that he was starting to defend on that homestand before he got hurt like like Anthony Lamb as this roster is currently constituted is going to be in the playoff rotation like flat out whether that's eight minutes a game or 20 minutes on, on a certain night if he's playing well he's in it they have a spot open for him I think the Jamichael Green thing is interesting to me if Jamichael Green can't come back and and contribute and they feel there's a deal to be made to where they could add somebody else to that other roster spot then I I think you have to look to do it at at that point whether it's buyout market or or a trade again you you wouldn't be trading Jermichael Green for necessarily anybody you would be trading Jermichael Green to to free up the roster spot to where you could sign a buyout player or sign a a second two-way player uh, you know, type contract. I, I don't think Ty Jerome's a lock necessarily for a for a primary fifteen spot. I think Anthony Lamb's getting closer to being that. But you know what? The Warriors could also go out and find in trade or on the buyout market somebody that does what Anthony Lamb does at a, a greater level than Anthony Lamb even does it, and, and that's a little bit more playoff proven and, and playoff playable uh, as well. A 415 on the Xfinity Mobile text line. J.D., did you read Anthony Slater's trade deadline preview article? I did, uh, and he references uh, Slater, who wrote that sources told him that uh, the Warriors adding a, a versatile, multi-positional wing was was the priority over an extra big man, and I agree with that. <laughs> I, I Because the Warriors don't want to play. Think of it this way. Jakob Pertl and Kelly Olenek are probably the best two bigs on the market that could help. Like, I think Jakob Pertl could help the Warriors in the regular season. I don't think there's a da- any doubt about it. Could he help them on the boards tonight? Sure. Like, I think Jakob Pertl 
can help the Warriors in the regular season. But he's not playing in the playoffs because he can't switch defensively and play on the perimeter. So he may. So you would be renting Jakob Pertl, who's going to go away and potentially giving up somebody as talented as James Wiseman to go get him, and then he's not going to play in the playoff. Play in the play. Like that just makes it not worth it. The other guy, different type of player, Kelly Olynyk. Same kind of thing. Kelly Olynyk can hit some threes and move the ball, and you know he's really good at at dribble handoffs and you know passing from the from the high post and all of that. So like like Kelly Olynyk, the Jazz could could. You know, post up a little bit, uh, you know, if if some teams want to play small and, and, and he could be all right around the bat. Like Kelly Olenek could be a nice – but Kelly Olenek can play in the playoffs. Like Kelly Olenek can't defend when, when push – like he wouldn't be out there tonight, you know, at, at the end of this game. So it's a little bit of a catch-22, and, and what are you giving up at that point for, you know, somebody like Kelly Olenek who's going to be a rental and then you get to the playoffs and you're playing the same, let's say, eight – eight players at that point. So uh, as far as, and this is something that I've said, and Slater, Slater wrote it, and, and this is something that I've talked about for a while. Like to me, a, a wing is much more important than a big man because what you really want is somebody that can basically be the Anthony. You want Anthony Lamb slash Jonathan Kaminga insurance. You want a veteran player that can make some threes, that's a pretty good athlete and can defend and is playoff playable, that can basically play the four, basically be a stretch four, basically be what Otto Porter was last year. And, you know, I, I think they believe that maybe Kaminga defensively can do a little bit of what Gary Payton II did, and maybe Dante DiVincenzo can do a little bit of what Gary Payton II did defensively. But I think with, with Kaminga becoming a ball attacking defender down the stretch. You, but you, you like him in that role, but you don't fully – you fully trust Jonathan Kaminga to play 25 minutes in the playoffs? No way. Like, he'll have some games. He'll have some games where it's like, oh, he can help. He'll have he'll have some games where, uh, you know, it looks like, all right, maybe he can't. But but you got to have somebody that you can go to. So, to me, that's the that's the play – and the the angle as far as the the trade deadline and the and and the buyout market go to is 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 I agree it's not a big because the Warriors look at the bigs who are going to play like there isn't think of how many bigs would even be playing over Kavon Looney or Draymond Green like it just it, it to me what you would want is somebody that would be a potential option to finish a game with Draymond if you got Wiggins Clay and Steph out there at the end. Like, who could that player be if you could find him? All right, Ricardo is next on the phones at 888-957-9570. What's going on tonight, Ricardo? Hey, how you, can, how you doing? Good, man. Um, I watched this game tonight in the New York. I'm on a trip here. Um, I have three points I want to make. What the hell is uh, Wiggins? I, I'm tired of this guy. You know, he's going to get you some points. I get it. Have decent defense every now and then, but this guy just looks. The body language isn't there. I don't like the way this guy operates himself. What do you think? Uh, I I I think Wiggins is trying to work his way, and I'll let you continue after after I give you my thoughts on this because you said you had a couple other points. But I I think as far as Wiggins goes, I think he's still working his way back into form coming off the injury, and it and it hasn't been there for him more often than it has been there for him in the time that, that he's come back. I'm I'm reluctant to get on Wiggins because of his demeanor. I think it's it's just like he, he plays his tail off most of the time, but when he doesn't play well, it grates because it doesn't look like he's trying because he's just a stoic personality. I, I can't – if you're watching the game, I, I disagree with that one. But what else, what else you got, Ricardo? Go ahead, man. Oh, Ricardo's gone. I thought Ricardo had two more points. We can we can we can play we can play we can volley. We can play back and forth uh here uh on Warriors wrap up here on ninety five seven the game. Uh we'll hear from Steve Kerr in, in just a moment uh as he addressed the Warriors losing in Boston one twenty one to one eighteen. Uh 4-1-5, Al Horford and Robert Williams both had big games for the Celtics. Horford, 20 points, 10 boards, three big blocks, seven offensive rebounds. 
uh, for Robert Williams, uh, Dwight Howard or Hassan Whiteside. Enough said. Now I don't, I don't think it's Dwight Howard or Hassan Whiteside because I, I don't think Dwight Howard or Hassan Whiteside. If this was the NBA Finals, I don't think Dwight Howard or Hassan Whiteside would be on the floor tonight. And so it, it just uh, it's six five zero. Come on, bro. How can you say Lamb is more trusted than Looney? No, I didn't. I didn't say Lamb was more trusted than Looney. I said Lamb is more trusted than Moody. <laughs> Moody. So maybe I need to enunciate better. Six five zero. No, Looney is more trusted than Lamb for sure. That's not not a question. Uh, no, Moody is the guy that that Anthony Lamb is clearly more trusted than. Uh, on the Warriors roster. 415, Jay Crowder. Uh, 408, trade the young guys for Miles Turner. I, I don't think Miles Turner necessarily fits uh, either. Uh, but it is going to be interesting to see what the Warriors do because I, I think tonight is tonight is the kind of game that makes you think, hey, the Warriors have still got it in terms of the big picture. But it's also the kind of game that makes you think they, they maybe just don't have enough or they're going to have to work too hard in the short term between now and the end of the regular season to get to a point where their seeding doesn't cost them their chance to make a run. And so you do have to do something to add to this roster, even if it is something for uh, maybe maybe the regular season only. But that's that's the trick, like and, and that's the, the back and forth that, that – I, I think the Warriors have to internally grapple with is is the fact that you may be trading for somebody that helps you in the regular season that ends up unplayable in the postseason, and are you okay with that if you're talking about giving up, you know, lottery picks either in the future or lottery picks from these last couple of drafts? Dale in Walnut Creek, uh, next here on Warriors wrap up. What's going on, Dale? Hey, hey, uh, I like the competitiveness of the game tonight, um, but. Come on. If, if, if the Warriors' record is what, 20 and 21, all starters were there tonight, we're not going anywhere in the playoffs this year. I'm a big fan. I'm going to continue to be a fan. Develop the guys, the young guys, for next year. If we make the playoffs, all the starters were there tonight. It was an encouraging game, but it's still a loss. It, 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 develop the guys to go as deep as they can if they make the playoffs and be really, really ready next year. If, if, if it is not happening every year, no team wins every year. I'm still a fan. Thank you for taking my call. No, I I think that's fair, Dale. I I mean, this team may not win it, and it's not an abject failure if, if they don't. It's just do you give yourself the best chance to win it? That's the question. And how do you go about giving yourself the best chance to win it. That's that. That's what the Warriors have to figure out here. It, it, it you may not win it, but if you win it, if you don't win it, but you you kind of punt because you just decide, hey, we're going to play the young guys and try to develop them, and you don't make it because of that. Like that, that I don't. That you can't do that because that to me is disrespectful to the to the veteran players that are probably looking around thinking they can make a run. But but I agree with the the total picture which says that this team probably isn't quite good enough this year to, to win it. And whether that means they're not good enough to get a good enough seed between now and April to make the run, or whether that means that they expend too much energy between now and May and they don't have enough left in the tank after they win a, a round or two, you know, that could also be part of the equation. But either way, you add it up and you say, all right, they probably come up a little bit short, even if they do cobble it together and and rally. And tonight tells you that they – Tonight is the playoff effort. Again, tonight's game on its own is kind of no problem. But, you know, yeah, all right, struggled down the stretch. Steph didn't play well. Looked like Jordan Poole lost his man on a three. Like a couple of miscues that obviously need to be corrected. You can't have it at the championship caliber level if you're going to win. That's fine. But separating that a little bit from it is the fact that you know, this type of competitiveness on a regular basis, you win a lot of games, but the Warriors have not brought this level of competitiveness on a regular basis. And that's why their record is 22 and 23. It's because they've 
lost a bunch of other games against some much lesser opponents than the Celtics, who have the best record in the, in the NBA. Uh, my guy in the 650, I think, is still not hearing me. Y'all are crazy. Everyone on this station, disrespectful to Looney. Great defender. Looney is better than Pirtle and Olenek, the 650 rights. I totally agree with that. That That's why I would not go get Pirtle or Olenek. That's, that's, that, that's why I'm on record as saying that. Uh, I think Olenek could help him offensively, but he's not playing over Draymond or over Looney at any point uh, as, as far as you know how this team would play in a, in a playoff series. Could he help him? You know, knock down some shots against some bad teams that are you know playing defense optional open gym style games. Yeah, I think he probably could in that respect. But again, over Kavon Looney, no chance. Over Draymond, absolutely uh, no chance. All right, uh, let's hear a couple of minutes from Steve Kerr, and then we'll call it a night uh, as he addressed uh, another tough loss, but uh, the competitive spirit was high. Here's the head coach of the Warriors. This one was a uh, game of the year. What do you think? Not for us. Not the way we've closed the game. Not the game of the year. Kind of as you look back on this game, just the final couple of minutes. Like we we played hard and the guys competed. And uh, you know, I love the effort. We showed what we can do at both ends of the floor. But you got to close the game. And we just didn't didn't close the game. Specifically, you know, Jalen Brown hits the game time three and 11 seconds left. What was the breakdown there? It looked like, yeah. I haven't seen the replay yet, but in, in that situation, you know, it, it's the the whole whole game plan is no threes, right? And um, there was, you know, there was no timeout. They didn't take a timeout. They just came down and and played. And so um, that's where you know you the guys have to, to be able to decipher that on the fly. You know, you can debate fouling there. It's pretty early to foul generally. It's, you know, kind of under under eight, under 10, whatever. You know, everybody's going to debate that forever in this game. But what you can't do is is give up an, an open three. And so it's yeah, the whole idea is, is uh, switch everything and um, run them off the line and don't, don't let them line up a three. So we had a defensive breakdown that led to the opening. Up the, the other day, we were talking about, or you were talking about how you guys could string together good decisions. Up until those closing minutes, do you feel that there was some Yeah. 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 I love the effort. I love the uh, the grit, the, the, just the competitiveness out there. I thought Jordan was fantastic. You know, it's a tough matchup against, you know, this team. They've got so many big wings. And so for, for us to start that smaller group, Jordan has to hold up. And he did. He, I thought his defense was excellent. And, um, you know, for much of the game, we did a good job of not fouling. Um, fourth quarter, we that that um, sort of uh, became a problem. You know, I think they were in the bonus like the last nine minutes. But um, all in all, I love the, the level of competition, um, the way the guys played together. You know, we, we looked like what we are, which is a championship team, but we didn't close the game. And, and uh, better now than in the playoffs. What was the decision to start Jordan um, over Glenn? Just wanted to open up the floor, you know, give us a, a little different look, um, maybe get a spark. You know, we're f- past the halfway point and um, we're 500. Like, let's let's try something different. And um, first time in a while we've had um, all those guys healthy too. It's, uh, it's a lineup that um, we know can be explosive, but, you know, against Boston in particular, you got to open up the floor. They got, um, you know, big, big uh, front line, big wings, and um, just felt like we could, you know, possibly get a little boost from it. Is this, you know, it sounds like it might be, you know, more permanent. I think I'll keep doing it, um, and we'll we'll see how see how it goes. It, it went well tonight. Um, Loon was great off the bench, and uh, obviously we're still, um, you know, we still got some injuries, so. Um, and we just decided to keep it tight with the eight-man rotation. But, uh, you know, I, I thought everybody came in and, and um, played hard, played well. But like I said, you get, you got to close the game, especially on the road against a great team. You were saying how the, the first, I guess, really three-quarters showed championship caliber team. The other day, Steph was saying, last season, yes, you had a rough patch kind of this time last year, but you still have that 18-2 and two start to point you to say, that's what we can be. So I guess my question is, how, how is it different to try and say that's what we can be off of just little spurts of individual games scattered throughout the season versus an overall 
we've got a core group that um, has won titles. And um, so that's in their DNA. I have great faith in, in all those guys that um, they've been through everything together. Uh, they've had great success. It's, uh, you know, it's a long haul to get, get through the NBA season, and particularly when you've, in the case of Steph, Draymond, Clay, you've been at it for a decade, you know, playing deep into the playoffs. Um, it's not easy, but um, I have no doubt we've got enough and those guys know how to get it done. And um, I'm excited about what's ahead. Disappointed that we didn't close the game, but um, I know we can do this. And that's, um, I think our guys feel the same way. The momentum thing uh, going down the wire. I mean, you guys still have a chance to make four second overtime. What was some of the key plays that you think could have, that, that really made a difference. Well, they made, they made some tough shots, you know, smart and, and, uh, and uh, Jason both made some tough shots, um, you know, that we fouled a couple of times, um, but we were right there, you know, we were hanging in and I, I didn't think there was anything, you know, any key in the overtime it was just, they outplayed us. Uh, you yeah, I'm going to go talk to Rick right now and we'll see where everybody stands. All right, so on to the next, and the next is tomorrow in Cleveland against a Cavaliers team that is 28-18 and 18 and currently fifth in the Eastern Conference and a team that has lost just four games on their home floor. Uh, actually, the, the best home record in the Eastern Conference, uh, even better at 19-4 and four than the Celtics, who now are 18-5. and five. And, yeah, that's going to be a, an important meeting as – Tonight was really the first night, I believe, where Steph and Wiggins uh, were able to play you know, full freight in, in terms of, of minutes, uh, you know, after you know, having a couple of days off and going through practice and, and, and all of that. It sounds like the Warriors are going to get Jonathan Kaminga and Jamichael Green back, but they also are probably not going to have Klay Thompson tomorrow in Cleveland as well. Does Draymond need a night off tomorrow? Does Steph... Uh, you know, do you want to give him a night off? Uh, it, you know, I, I would imagine they're probably out there, but now you're in a, in a dangerous game against a really good team again, uh, trying to go for a, a winning trip. So two and two on the trip, one and two in overtime. Overtime has not been the Warriors' friend uh, under Steve Kerr. Uh, our buddy Anthony Slater had the note uh, again, two and 14 in overtime going back to November of 2018 overtime not kind to the Warriors Celtics and Dubs split the season series at one and one Warriors now three and seven in the first of back-to-backs and it was a good defensive night uh, for the most part as the Warriors did hold the Celtics under 40 percent third time this season they've held an opponent under 40 percent this is the first time the Warriors have lost a game in which they did that they had the Celtics really flustered at times seven block shots season high uh, which was equaled tonight. Warriors also had seven against the Suns back on October the 25th, uh, but the Warriors did allow 120. It took overtime to get it, and the Warriors now 3-17 and 17 when the opponent scores 120 points. So uh, up next, quick turnaround. Dubs in action tomorrow, and uh, they will be back right here on 95.7 the game. 4.30 tip-off. Warriors and the Cavs, I will have Warriors live for you at 3.30 here on 95.7 The Game. So that'll do it. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 3.30. Look for a Warriors weekly podcast right around noon. As uh, myself and Matt Steinmetz, we'll talk about this game and we'll talk about just the state of the Warriors season going into the finale of this road trip tomorrow in Cleveland. Keep it locked right here at 95.7 The Game. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow afternoon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 